You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin, and with me today on Podiatry Marketing is my good friend all the way from Canada, Jim McDonald. How are you doing today, Jim? Tyson, doing fantastic. Excited to uh, to jump into another episode of Podiatry Marketing. It's been, what, five in the can, and this is our sixth one together. I'm just uh, excited to see what we're going to explore here today together. Okay, on a personal note, just need to find out. So on your video that I'm looking at at the moment, it says, James, at what point do you like to be called Jim, and when do you prefer to be called James? That's a good question. Uh, I guess on all my diplomas and in a kind of like a, an educational or professional standpoint, I've always been, you know, James C. McDonald. Uh, but just, you know, once you get to know me, I guess I just usually, that's kind of like the name my parents gave me was, you know, the, the kind of the James, but then just just Jim to like, you know, friends and family and to people I'm close with. So like uh, at this point, Tyson, <laughs> you're welcome to call me Jim. Uh, I will see how that changes. Maybe our relationship will uh, flux and you'll become like more of a James uh, Sayer, but uh, we'll see. I might do that episode eight when I do the introduction. <laughs> and, we go, and with me today is James. James, how are you doing? <laughs> so, what is our, well, our topic of discussion today? Well, I mean, just getting back to that point real quick, I mean, yeah. the, the audience will probably notice and kind of wonder what's hap- you know, happened in our relationship. So, we might. Maybe we'll just see that kind of mystery sometime down the line. But um, no, like last week, you know, we talked about your content, co- uh, sorry, content matrix. Yeah. And today we're going to kind of dive into more specifically why kind of an ad hoc or kind of on the fly, you know, a fly lack of system is something that just is uh, less than ideal. And what are the kind of points of failure of, um, you know, commonly seen in different podiatry clinics, either I've worked with or I've heard about. So, so you're going to talk a bit more about like planning instead of just winging it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, why don't we just like just jump in and like do all the things at once, right? Like, you know, you've heard that Facebook is great, so why don't we just go do our page now? Like, start making posts. Like, why do we just why do we need to step back a little bit and have kind of more of a clear vision about what we want to achieve before we just kind of like like I said, do all the things? So yeah, well, this this topic fits in really well. Following up from the content matrix, it is hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> because that was like visually looking at everything. So what you're saying is. Before you even look at a platform or a, some form of marketing, is thinking about what you want to achieve first. Well, I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, we see our colleagues doing certain things. You see the clinic down the road doing something, and it's kind of we live in kind of a FOMO world, even more than just in yeah. marketing. Uh, whether it's like the Lambos on Instagram or the everyone looking perfect on TikTok or some other platform, we just feel like why aren't we like that or why aren't we you know doing that because at least on the surface it looks successful um so i guess it's it's just trying to get a general sense of like what's working now and like what what are people trying to achieve with what's out there and kind of like what i've seen as far as like you know what are the blind spots that we have because obviously we all went to school to be you know foot and ankle doctors you know some of us diverted from the path and became marketers later but you know what are those kind of like uh ways you know kind of the pitfalls to avoid you know, as you're building out that content, you know, that content matrix, you know, and how can you learn from some of the things I've seen in other clinics, um, you know, kind of not necessarily fail with, but just they're not seeing a benefit. Like you, you hear a lot, you know, I, I did Google ads for a month. I had a $200 budget and I didn't see anything happen. So therefore like Google ads doesn't work for me or for my clinic or in my area when I know that, you know, works somewhere else. So there's, some biases or some like kind of flawed thinking I think that sometimes goes into, you know, why some of these channels 
fail. I don't think all of them work, but I think there's some some pretty consistent um, kind of like flawed logic to like why people give up on certain things, but just keep pushing in other areas that maybe aren't as high return on an investment. Do you think, well, I think what you said before too, I think you mentioned Lamborghini, but we, you do, there's so much BS on social media platforms where, and, and you do, and sometimes, and I know what it was like when I was younger and you're, I don't know, you see people living in houses that you don't live in yet, driving cars that you don't drive, and they, they look and they smell so much better and you think, well, what did they do? What did they do to get there? And even though I think there is a path that you can follow, there's a successful path, but what works for their practice and what works for them doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. So you've got to, and you've got to be careful not to just copy what everybody else is doing. No, definitely. Like there's, uh, there's no like one true marketing plan or blueprint that's going to work for every clinic. Like, like, like we talked about in your previous show, right? Like there's different demographics, there's different kind of like type of care you want to provide. So it's kind of like, you know, experimenting in some different areas, avoiding the pitfalls and kind of building out kind of that ideal plan for yourself. Um, like I said, like one of the biggest points of error that I see with a lot of people is, you know, either not being kind of like trying, basically trying to dip their toe into like different forms of marketing, Yeah. you know, just doing something for either a short period of time, let's say like a month or two, uh, and then also like just add not an adequate amount of budget and it can be scary, right? Cause, um, Google does want to spend your money, right? Like whether it, <laughs> yeah. what, whether it puts, you know, you know, butts in your clinic seats or not, like they're, they're more than happy to like spend that your, your revenue, you know, the, the money you have in a way that doesn't necessarily feel like you totally understand about how they're, you know, how, why are they showing an ad in a certain place? You know, like what are the keywords you're advertising on? There's a lot of kind of like technical details. And what Google does now is really try to make it like super simple for for doctors or for people in their clinic staff to make them feel like they're have an easy way to get those new patients. But yeah. in reality, like Google's happy just to kind of like spend money that doesn't necessarily lead to like new patient appointments. So you have to have a very tactical mind and have the kind of like not a long term vision, but at least like a, a six to 12 month vision about it gradually ramping up um and with a reasonable budget so like i would say that unless you're living in a super small town or small area like a starting budget would be somewhere around 500 dollars a month in google Ads spend uh up to like you know two to three thousand dollars a month in a, in a bigger metropolitan area uh in order to really see a return on investment uh in something like a google search ads campaign yeah well i was doing some work with some dentists a couple of years ago and one of them used to spend uh between three to five thousand dollars a month in google ad spend and i said wow that's a lot i said what's your returns and they said uh oh, 10 times they said we're spending that we know we get 10 times back and it's because they measured everything as well and at a certain point they stopped doing it because i thought oh maybe we yeah maybe we don't need to do it now it's just that sort of work is going to keep coming through and it didn't whenever they stopped the the patient numbers coming through stopped as well so they did sort of rein it in a little bit until they eventually got around to two to three thousand because they kept testing different things and then they figured out what was working and they just kept running with it i think you bring up a really good point there is you need to have some metrics around these things you know i'm i guess i'm giving a mini google ads tutorial today but like for example you need to know how much you're paying per kind of like patient visit and there are ways to up until recently you've been able to kind of say, okay, like for $20, that's leading to a phone call per, you know, per phone call or 
$50 per new patient appointment. There's different ways of measuring that within their system that you're not going to get on the kind of like, I would say like not the to be demeaning, but like kind of the dummies Google ad version. You have to do yeah. the kind of like pro setup in a way. Um, and like, like you'll see, like, you know, if you work with agencies or people that are not necessarily like focused on your clinical results, you're going to get a lot of metrics, fo you know, focused on like, this many people saw it or this many clicks happened, but not necessarily that attribution that you're looking for. You want to know how many, you know, it, are you getting return on investment from these things? So, you know, work, either working with somebody or just learning yourself a little bit can really be helpful as far as honing in those on those metrics um, that that prove that it's getting that 10x like you talked about. But that's where I see that the, the biggest mistakes happen is that people are advertising on what I would call high competition keywords. For example, if you try to advertise, let's say you're in New York City and you try to advertise for the term plantar fasciitis, number one, you're going to get a ton of educational clicks. Yeah. Plus, you're going to be going against probably some major manufacturers like Dr. Scholl's, other insole makers, um, probably some like, you know, quackery, like kind of like, I don't know, salves and other stuff to put on your heel pain, maybe even some like surgical you know, uh, sur surgery centers that are trying to pull people in for either shockwave. I mean, that's not necessarily like, I'm not, I'm not trying to demean those people for advertising on there, but like, you're going to have, you're going to spend a lot of money for not a true patient that's actually like hot to kind of like make an appointment for you in your local area. So that how you strat, you know, how you build a strategy around that and how you build metrics, like you talked about Tyson is hugely important to see like, whether you think that like, well, I spent two months and a hundred dollars and it didn't work. I'm moving on versus yeah. like, I, I ramped up slowly with someone that was an expert or I learned to become an expert. And I see the value because like, you know, I would say that that Google search ads is one of those areas that can be a little tricky um, and feel like it's not working pretty quickly if you don't know the right parameters um, to use in that system. Yeah, well, I like what you said though. They can just outsource and have somebody do it. But I believe when I've done my marketing workshops, one of the points that I mentioned is you've got to be in the game and you've got to understand the rules of the game. So to just get money, hand it to somebody and go, here, do all this for me, you don't know whether they're doing the right thing or not. So I think it's really important to learn a little bit about Google and how it works so you understand the rules of the game and how it, you don't necessarily want to do it yourself. You just want to learn it so that when they do hand it off to somebody else, that when they're doing it and they're talking to them about, oh, this is what we're thinking of doing, this is what we're thinking of doing next, talking strategy, you actually understand it. And I think that applies to old school marketing as well. If you're talking to a sales rep from a newspaper or TV or radio, is you need to understand, especially newspaper, positioning, loading, <laughs> color, fonts, headlines. You need to have a basic understanding of that so you don't get ripped off. A hundred percent. It's like, I think that's the funniest thing about some of these different Google and other platforms that they, that they, they're, it's like the, it's like going to Costco in North America, right? Like they're always kind of moving the food around the store. So you have, like, you can't just get into your, your kind of normal routine, like get what you need and go, right? They're going to like stack up the, like, you know, the import beer is like right there, like, you know, where you're old, you know, where you're, where the, I don't know the vet over by the vegetables now, or you, you thought the toilet paper was over here and it's over here now. <laughs> they do the same thing inside of like Google, Facebook, other places. They're constantly changing their platforms to like 
not necessarily game you, but like make you have to be involved in a way to be in order to optimize it. You have to be engaged consistently and be aware of all these changes that are making because you, you let's say you like you set it and forget it, which I think a lot of is not an uncommon thing for some podiatrists that are kind of like, well, I can learn Google ads. I can do it myself. I'm just going to like do it myself. And that's fine. But just know that like every month or three months you log back into your account, there's going to be 30 different things that Google's done in the interim to try to make it more difficult for you. They've already didn't ask your permission, but have automated something yeah. or added something that's causing another like $200 a week in spend. Like they are, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. Maybe they're going to, you know, search this podcast <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to get like, shut you down. <laughs> right. Exactly. You get blacklisted, but, um, they're happy to like extract funds from you and put it into their pockets. We'll put it that way. So I can easily say, Oh no, I don't know James. <laughs> but, it, but it works. Exactly. You, don't, you, know, you know, Jim, you don't know James. Yeah, I know Jim. I don't know this James guy, not the troublemaker. So, but, uh, yeah, that's enough harping <laughs> on that, on that side of things before I get in trouble. With Google. Oh no, no, but I think thing. you make a good point. I, I don't know if I've told you a story or not. I was at a breakfast meeting. And it was a breakfast business meeting, a networking event. So we're all there having breakfast. Everything's great. All of a sudden, this young dude turns up on a scooter, as you do. No, it's a skateboard, actually. Turned up on a skateboard because that's how I like to arrive to a business lunch, a business breakfast. Anyway, walks in with his skateboard, parks it up against the wall. So I'm starting to chat away to him. I said, so what do you do? Oh, I do Google and Facebook advertising. Oh, really? Okay. He's got his best T-shirt on, board shorts. And I said, oh, how long have you been doing that for? He says, oh, well, to be perfectly honest, I really don't know what I'm doing. He said, but I've got a couple of clients who will pay me a couple of grand a month and I'm learning as I go. And that is what scares me when people don't think and plan what they're going to do with the marketing, plan who they're going to talk to. If all of a sudden they go, oh, podiatrist down the road, I saw a Google ad, therefore I must do it. And they just jump on anybody thinking everybody's the same just like every podiatrist is the same not no 100 percent. i think like you said uh you just have to kind of do your due diligence and kind of understand it like like this wouldn't like i would say that a lot of that kind of like you know um <laughs> like shysty behavior happens because like the platform does actually work if you give yeah. them the right parameters and the right settings like it, it will generate patience like if they're if the person's doing it right so like and, and it used to be the fact that like people that didn't necessarily know what they were doing could also get results because it was, I would say more on the user friendly side, but it's become a very like time intensive optimization game within their platform now that it's just, it's very difficult. Um, so you say my, like, sca switching... my skateboard buddy is going to be finding it tougher now to do. I don't know. I don't know how, you know, <laughs> is he keeping, is he logging in every day? Is oh, he on no. his board for, for a month and then checking back in to see the, those campaigns? It's, you know, I'm not gonna like. You know, I'm a guy that works from home now. Uh, I'm not gonna slam him for uh, for trying to live that life. But at the same time, yeah, you probably want someone that's um, is intimately uh, understanding of your your of your situation and you know your practice and and the kind of clinical benefits you're trying to gain from that. I think you know related to the Google and the Facebooks and all these things that like part of it's that there's all these different tools that are coming out consistently, right? I think it's a bright it can be a bright shiny objects thing whether it's TikTok or Snapchat or whatever the kind of new shiny object is on the course. I think people need to be aware of what those things are. Yeah. But like rapid like changes of course or 
not thinking out in like more, like I said, six to 12 months timeframes and like gradual ramp ups or trends in behavior, because even with a great, uh, like a great running like Google or Facebook campaign, you're going to have ups and downs. Um, and if you're just like, you had a down that first month and you feel like it didn't work, like, you know, you got to let things run a little bit and kind of be, you know, not just kind of like dipping your toe in necessarily if that's something you want to try. But it, yeah, um, but, it's that, but it's similar yeah. to other areas. It's no different to business coaching. I know the longer I work with someone, it just gradually just keeps, their practice just gets better and better and better. Now, we could do a three-month stint and they're going to get improvement. But when you do six months, 12 months and longer, it, the improvement just, just keep, it keeps going up. And they would have to think exactly the same way. Picture a new graduate that's coming to work with you. They're not awesome from week one. Occasionally you get the odd one that is, but very rarely. It's the first three months, they're okay. The longer they work with you, the better they get, the more productive they are. So I think your marketing applies exactly the same way in your Google ads. So with, the, with this, from your point of view, apply the same if you were advertising on Facebook, Instagram, same sort of process. You're doing it over a period of time and and building. What's people getting to know, like, and trust you to keep seeing those ads popping up? Yeah, I mean, it's like I think the biggest thing is that like nobody, at least like that I work have worked with in the past, like they don't like people don't want to be a nuisance, right? Like they don't want to yeah. feel like they're not providing some type of value to someone that's either watching something or their face is on something and they don't want to be that annoying like you know advert that like really is not providing any value i th think there is you know and, and it's and it's normal i think because like you know a lot of us like i've talked to you previously like we trained in hospitals you know we're, we kind of have that mentality put our head down work really hard and people are going to find your door and for certain people that might work but for the for the rest of us or most people you know, you have to make people aware of the great care you provide. And if you're providing great care, like th that, that's a huge value add in those people's lives. You're helping change their lives or make their lives better. So this kind of like shyness around putting yourself out there, it's understandable, but I think it's something that can be, you know, worked on over time. Um, I, I think that that's a huge component of it. It's just like kind of getting over the fact that like, you want to be seen as that expert and there's these channels can help you do that. Um, the, probably the last area I want to touch on real you know, quick before we wrap up today um, is the fact that there's like no one perfect plan um, for every podiatrist out there. And I think that's a bit of a failing is that like we kind of want a cookie cutter recipe yeah. um, of like, okay, like even with, you know, I have a general idea, like the services I can provide for people, but like not every person's going to, you know, every clinic get the exact same thing because the needs are going to be different. Um, so like, I think it makes sense to, you know, if people are either doing it themselves or, you know, like a self audit or they're working with somebody else is to know that like that audit process and, you know, trying to identify where you're really strong and where you're really weak at and kind of, you know, doubling down on those strengths and kind of working on some of those weaknesses um, is really, really important because let's say like you've got a, you know, like, you you got a leaky website, right? Like you don't have a clear path for people to, it may, it looks clear to you, right? Like you have like a contact us button or, you know, a, like a, a phone number that's not actually clickable on your website. You know, th there's ways of like, you know, assessing what you're currently doing to make those things, you know, 10% better. Yeah. And if you can make 10% improvements along all the different things you do, 
I mean, it's kind of an it could be an exponential uh, change in your practice. So I think gaining some outside perspective and not just kind of like, you know, whether it's engaging with an outside provider yourself is just starting off any relationship uh, with more like an audit for someone to say like, these are the areas where you're doing all right and we can kind of like improve versus like these are areas that are, whether it's email marketing or review gathering where you're not doing it all that could really help build your name in your local area. But until you either gain the knowledge to be able to do that yourself or work with someone else, like it can be a bit of a blind spot because like I said, you're working in your clinic, you're at the op, you know, in the OR, you're you know dealing with HR issues in your own clinic. Like there's a lot going on and to be able to like step back from your own practice and have that perspective. Even with me, the, the services I provide, I still seek outside perspectives because like I'm in the weeds, I'm working yeah. with these clinics and I don't always have that, um, I don't know, 10,000 foot perspective or even what I'm doing with people sometimes. So yeah, that, that that's kind of where I'd leave it is like, you know, an audit is better than just someone being very prescriptive and saying like, these are the five things we're going to do with you because this is what we do for everybody. Yeah. Like I would avoid uh, any situation like that. that. That's a really good point, Fidisha. And the other, the last thing I want to tell people too, it goes back to something you said earlier, where sometimes you can just, podiatrists look at what other podiatrists are doing and they think, well, they must be doing great because of this, this and this. And you know, I know a lot of podiatrists and I've worked with some that I know, their business is okay. The business is, it's okay. It's not great, it's just okay but they have extremely wealthy parents. So because they have wealthy parents, they've been able to say buy a building and then they've bought the building or had it built and, and they've put up this beautiful signage. So on the surface, if you were another podiatrist that went through with them through university and look out, well, they've only been out five or seven years and they've got this massive big clinic they've built that just looks absolutely spectacular. They've got footwear in there, they've got staff. What they don't know is the parents have given them a ton of money to do all this. Now, their business is at that level. It's good enough to just maintain it, but the business was never good enough to actually own that. So without the family help, so a podiatrist sitting back, just looking at their fellow graduate who's done this and thinking, wow, whatever they're doing, I need to just copy what they're doing. is not going to work for them. I think that's a huge, huge learning there, Tyson. And, and it, it kind of tipped off one other idea I wanted to share real briefly before we take yeah. off is um, don't work in isolation, right? Like don't take my word for it. Don't take Tyson's word for it. I mean, you can if you want to, but you know, who are those co-residents you worked with or who are those people you went through podiatry school that you spent those nights out on Friday or Saturday night and they, they now have their own practice. Yeah. I think it can be very easy to fall into the like, you're the owner of that practice, so you should know everything and like you don't want to like necessarily not necessarily show weakness but like it's okay to like leverage your relationships and like build connections with other people in similar situations like you whether it be you know something like tyson where he has these cohorts and these different things he works with people with if you don't feel comfortable kind of with your own cohort but if you do have those podiatry school friends or those residency colleagues where you can just share like i'm struggling with this or i'm it doesn't have to be marketing related but just opening levels of mm. you know communication and dialogue with people, so you're not trapped in this you know this isolated tower of like my practice is here, I have to have all the answers, and I just have to do it myself. Because if you're going to do that, like, I mean, God, you know, God bless you if you're like a person that can like you know take that all on your own shoulders. Like you know that's fantastic. But I think 
there's strength in numbers and trusting and and building those relationships with other people and showing a little bit of vulnerability. Um, we'll just you'll learn so much. I think that um, whether it's from me or for Tyson from someone else, like I think I would really leave it today to like you know build those connections with people to to learn from their mistakes as well. Like you know if you're uh, they can learn from yours and you can learn from theirs. Mm. It's like they say, dig the well before you need the water. Is, is make these 100%. make these connections. You know, don't wait until you're, you're dying. Don't wait till you're dying of thirst to try digging a well. You're going to be dead before you dig it. So <laughs> the same thing. Make connections with people. Make connections with us and and other people in the profession and other people that have businesses that may not even be podiatry. You can learn so much from them as well. But make these connections so that when you do have questions, there's people there you can ask. So James. I, I think that brings this episode to a close. This has been, once again, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Tyson. I think we could, you and I could wrap about this stuff for two, three hours. But we're going to, for, for the benefit of the listeners <laughs> and, and the viewers, uh, we'll, you know, we'll kind of keep it in these bite-sized chunks. But yeah, thanks again. It was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Short and sweet. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.